Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. I'm Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo, and this week we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 3, Witch. Witch. (laughs) Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we're discussing. Now, before we get started talking about this week's episode, I just want to read... A very helpful email sent in by a listener uh, regarding something we talked about last week, which was, why does Buffy have a canister of communion wafers Mm. in her vampire weapons trunk? Right. Okay. So David Bates writes to us, hey, I'm currently walking across Spain doing the Camino de Santiago, and I just listened to the second episode of your podcast where you expressed surprise at Buffy's possession of consecrated hosts. This actually has some tradition in vampire lore. You find them used in some movies, but more importantly, please see the attached screenshot from the text of Bram Stoker's book Dracula, where you also find them mentioned. The overall idea makes sense in that vampires are repelled by things which are purifying, e.g. garlic, and holy, e.g. crosses. The Eucharist is both. In fact, there is quite a nice bit of irony that vampires, creatures which survive by feeding off the flesh and blood of their victims, are repelled by the flesh and blood of Christ. Hope this clears things up. Wayne Camino, David. Hashtag Team Giles. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Pretty great, right? That's amazing. Yeah, that was so helpful. That is that is like ah, oh, that's so cool on so many levels. It reminds me of when I when I first went back to grad school, I didn't know exactly what I was going to be studying and I thought I know what I'll do. I'll put my focus on religious studies and um gay studies. I mm. wanted to kind of like combine religion and homosexuality into some kind of master's degree. Um and I found out really quickly that getting a degree in religious studies is tricky when you have no back background knowledge mm. and I feel like that's a, a great uh, underlining of that point right because it reminds me of, I took this course on sacrifice once and like Ooh. yeah it was really it was really good um but some of that stuff talking about like the purity and like the flesh and blood and all of that like mythology mm. uh, is really cool I love that I awesome. love that. And I love that we have listeners that are, uh, you know, like armed with this knowledge that can help us better suss through all of these all of these things. Yeah, that was so great. Thanks so much for writing in, David. Um, yeah, happy walk. I think that uh, of all the methods of vampire um, warding off, that might be my new favorite because it carries yeah. so much meaning in it. There's yeah. So much going on there. And they probably have a longer shelf life than garlic. Yeah, that's true. Well, we know we still need to know if vampires are repelled by uh, rotting garlic. 
Yeah, is garlic still purifying if it's... If it's old. Right. Well, <laughs> anyway. these mysteries and more will no doubt be solved at some point in the future. But for now, let's talk about this week's episode. Woo! Yeah. Well, so... Let's talk about the title. Which? Let's talk about witches. Let's. Just for like a second. Okay, or the whole episode. Probably both. Right. I just, you know how I feel about witches. Um, I do. But audience at home, maybe you don't know. I love a witch. I love a witch. There, these are some, this is a bad witch. I'll give it that. But I do really enjoy witchcraft. I, growing up, um, when I was in high school, wanted to be a witch. I tried so hard to do all the things that witches were supposed to do. You also kind of wanted to be a vampire. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't really do anything to try to be a vampire. Except the, the custom molded fangs. Yeah, right, those. <laughs> but I was more like, I was really, um, I mean, I was just really obsessed with anything in that world, anything in that culture of like vampires and witches. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not true though, because like I wasn't, I wasn't really that into werewolves. I wasn't that into other demons, but witches and vampires, I mean, witches and vampires have kind of been like a mainstay of, um, I think like teenage pop culture forever since forever the 90s ever, at for least. Sure. Um, and so at the time, uh, what was the series of books that I was obsessed with? The Vampire Diaries? Right. Vampire Di- I read those, and I was super into them, and I used to read a ton of Anne Rice. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. not comparable <laughs> volumes of work, but I just <laughs> like vampires. But then I got into this series by the same author called The Secret Circle. Ah, uh, yes. And that was about a coven of witches, mm-hmm. and that was it for me. And so I, like, me and my friends bought all these books, and we got all these crystals. And Ooh, crystals. then the craft came out. It was, like, a great time. <laughs> To be into witches. And then now I kind of think that I am a witch a little bit. Right, right, right. Uh, not not using any crystals or, or casting any spells, but I do feel a bit of a connection to that, like, power. You do seem to come across information <laughs> you really seem to have no right to on a pretty regular basis, just, like, intuitively. Yeah, it's a little scary. No. Or not. I mean, I think that's... I've, I. It's interesting because, like, when I was younger, I was super... Like, into it, but then also very afraid of it. You mm-hmm. know, whenever, like, my friend my friend Leah at the time, the two of us would, like, you know, do spells or try to do spells. Wow. And, and like, call on the powers of earth, water, fire, and air. Can you remember, like, a spell that you guys tried to do? Uh, no. I remember calling on the four elements. And then Captain Planet appeared? But it, was, <laughs> but it, it wasn't the kind of thing, like, we never tried to, like, cast a spell on somebody. Mm-hmm. I think we were trying to, like talk to spirits or talk right. to I think we were trying to like communicate or or things like that but I was very scared so like I would freak out halfway through the spell and be like I don't want to do it anymore sure you know Sensible. Mm-hmm. yeah because be, and I still feel like that because I believe in I believe in it uh enough to be afraid of it smart anyway not to fall too deeply down the witch hole, but um, but yeah, I I mean, I was excited going into this episode because it's called Witch. Um, all right. Well, that is a spectacular foundation, a personal foundation you just set up for us. I, I don't really have any personal no, connection nothing. to witchery. But you must have liked witches. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think with all of this, like, you know, the I was super into like werewolfy, vampire, witchy, mm-hmm. any sort of magical, mystical stuff uh, growing up and in high school. And 
I mean, I just feel like it's a great, easy, you know, sort of other metaphor. Mm-hmm. And also the sort of like Harry Potter vibe of like, uh, what windows of possibility open right. when one more dimension is added to the reality that we understand? Hmm. You know? Very deep. Is it? Well, yeah. There's <laughs> just another level. But you never wanted to be a witch. Um, probably if you had asked me, I might have told you I wanted to be a wizard. Oh, excuse me. Do you, do you find witch to be a gendered term? Uh, yeah. Gendered and also, like... Somehow not as like majestic as a wizard. Now, is that the patriarchy working? I think within that's me? and there oh, it dear. is, folks. We have said it one time in this episode. <laughs> 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 We're trying to say, right? Patriarchy once per episode. I think that's the rule. Yeah, that's the rule. So a successful episode already within the first <laughs> the first two minutes. Um but yeah, I mean I I think a witch and a wizard. I think a witch and a wizard is the same thing. Well, when you think about um, common depictions, right? You think of a wizard, you see a dude in a robe with a long beard. He's studious. Maybe he has glasses. He's very powerful Mm. and also very studied. Mm. And witches, we often see uh, as hag-like, green of skin, uh, oh, I don't know what kind of witches you've been hanging out with. Mostly Halloween witches? (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean like... Nev Campbell and company are super hot witches, but I don't think when you say, think of a witch, most people would think of the craft. I think most people would think of like a stereotypical Halloween witch. Oh, really? Maybe the the Hansel and Gretel witch, you know? Maybe I'm so far off the path now and surrounded by so many witches that it would never occur. Like, I just feel like thinking of a green woman with a big nose and a wart is so, so passe. (laughs) I guess I'm pretty passe. Also, I really hope I'm not offending any of our witches out there. I just... You know, no, I mean, I, this examining. is something that they have to grapple with every day of their lives. Unfair stereotypes Unfair, of the yeah. witch community. And what I thought you were going to say was that the wizards were, like, studious, like, portrayed as studious, while the witches were often portrayed as, like, emotional and oh, whatever. I, I was, like, like, ready to launch into. I feel like they're often portrayed as, like, monstrous. And, I mean, that's, I feel like, comes maybe from the same place, like, stories created yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Going back into, like, lore. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, anyway, <laughs> this has been a long and winding road, and I hope that we haven't offended anybody. If you happen to identify as a magical person, apologies for any um, yeah, unintentional right. wounds we may have. Got to talk about the history. You. you know? <laughs> I mean, it's important. Anyway. So about this episode. So about this episode. How about the first moment? Of this episode. It's so great. It really is. Giles is beside himself. <laughs> He's so upset. And he, you know, and it's just, it's like a really nice edit, the way that they do this, mm-hmm. where we're like, what has Buffy done? I mean, what Giles, she have possibly is, done, Giles yeah. is so up. We've never yeah. seen this British man so worked up. Yeah, it's like, he's not angry, he's disappointed, but also he's angry. Right, right, yeah. And then there she is. In her little cheerleading outfit. In her cheer, she's just a cheerleader, guys. She just wants to be a cheerleader. (laughs) She just wants to be a nice, normal girl engaging in nice, normal girl activities. She does, but Giles is not having it. Giles has so many hatred, like, hateful moments toward cheerleaders in this episode. Hateful and also, like, he just doesn't understand it. He can't get his head around it. 
Um, but but I think there's like a serious bit to this scene too, which isn't made serious here. But Buffy says like, you know, I'm doing this because I want to do something normal, something that's safe. Which, first of all, then it cuts right to like, mom, mom, mom. A spooky witches, cauldron yeah. full of green stuff, right? So it's, and so many haunted herbs. <laughs> so like, poor Buffy. She's yeah, like, nowhere just, is safe for a slayer. No, she just wants a little break. She wants an escape. She can't have it. She can't. This is the Hellmouth people, where even cheerleaders go down in f- literal flames. There are no days off Speaking on the Hellmouth. No. So we go from uh, somebody casting some spells in an attic mm-hmm. to the credits. And then we come back from the credits, and Buffy, Xander, and Willow are in the gym at tryouts. Yes. A fantastic scene. The first shot, I believe, is shot through the legs of a woman <laughs> who is doing a lunge. Yeah. So enjoy that. And then we see another woman doing a split on chairs, which seems like an impractical yeah. thing. I think that's really just She's for the a script. show off. She's a show off, that girl. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just do a split on the floor? I guess you get like a little you bit can- more of a stretch, but... Yeah. yeah, you can get um, more of a stretch hanging from two chairs, but I think she needs to calm down a little bit. She might need to calm down. Um, you know who doesn't need to calm down is Cordelia and her star-spangled sports bra? Yeah, I agree. Um, also, I think Cordelia is the only person in the entire gym that's not wearing, like, a ye- that's trying out, who's not wearing the yellow shirt. Yeah. <laughs> She's, like, fully wearing a sparkly sports bra, which looks fantastic. Go, Cordelia. Yes, go. I hope she wears many more sports she, bras. She wears another one before this episode is even over. Wow. There's a black one with silver piping. Oh, dear. Don't worry, I took Cordelia sports bra notes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, oh, sorry. Go no, no, I just, I think you might have been going here too. Uh, can we talk about Amber for a second? Yeah, first of all, mm-hmm. let's just take note that uh, when they're talking about Amber and Cordelia is like, ugh, what does she think she is, a Laker girl? And of course, this is delightful because <laughs> Charisma Carpenter, who plays Cordelia, was a cheerleader for the San Diego Chargers for a time. So that is very special. A little, a little tongue in cheek. Yes. From Miss uh, Charisma Carpenter. And then the next thing we need to talk about with Amber is like, what is that audition routine? They build her up. She trains with this trainer and she's amazing. And she maybe turned the Lakers down. (laughs) And then she does. She opens with that like spin. It's a very weird thing that she does. It's neither particularly cheerleading nor particularly impressive. No, it kind of reminds me of a non-impressive version of the, you know, when when you're watching the the gymnasts at the Olympics and they do that, like, dance. There's that dance thing that they do. Sometimes they do it with a ribbon and sometimes they do it without. It was like something like that, but not, 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 not Olympic quality. Not Olympic quality. (laughs) But it was just bizarre. I guess they, I guess they needed her, like, just from a directorial standpoint. They had to, like, build up to the moment in which her hands set on fire. Yay! So they must have just been like, I don't know, just do something. That's what she came up with or whatever. You don't think that was choreographed? No, it was definitely, it was very, very choreographed, as a matter of fact. (laughs) No offense to you, choreographer. It was 1997, you know? Um, We were all different then. It was a different time. But yeah, and who, like, who plays Amber? Who is that person and where is she now? That's what I would like to know. We should look her up. We should look her up. Witchery. What? What? What did you find? Buffy Wikia says that Amber Grove was portrayed by an unknown actress. 
Wait, like, so there's no record of who this person is? On the website that I have chosen to look, <laughs> there is no record. Fascinating. And you would think that the Buffy Wikia would be pretty thorough. Yeah. Also, this is great. Amber is said to train with a coach named Benson. Uh-huh. Amber <gasps> Benson what? is the actor who plays Tara. I just got- Starting in season I, four. I got very weird feelings all through my body. Yeah, this is a very- How witchy what? is this? So witchy. What? Yeah. I feel crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad we looked that up for so many reasons. We should do post-episode. Maybe we should do a little bit more hunting for who this person is because now I'm spooked. Yeah, maybe. An unknown actress. She was just a projection of our fears and weaknesses. Maybe she was so embarrassed by her routine that she had her name scratched from the record. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, something that I wanted to talk about. Well, you know, before we get too deep into the episode, I just want to say that this is our first episode after the pilot. And something right. that, right? And this is like, this episode has how many vampires, Jenny? Zero vampires. Zero. It's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Zero and vampires, episode three, yeah. slash episode two, if right. you consider the first two episodes, which are a two-parter pilot. Which is pretty, which is pretty rad, because it's sort of, you know, it's saying like, hey, P.S. new viewers, this shit ain't going to just be about vampires. Yeah, we're not just one thing. Yeah. We it's have- pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Also, no bronze. Yeah, we were missing a lot of no the, angel, right? Yeah, some some serious touchstones not present, not present. But we have to we have to learn all sides to the Hellmouth, right? So go ahead, you. Jenny's eyes got very big. Well, on that tip, <laughs> oh my goodness, has anyone ever been more excited than Giles is about spontaneous human combustion <laughs> no. occurring? He is so pumped. That's the thrill of living on the Hellmouth, he says. It's a veritable cornucopia of ghouls and goblins and so on. And he's like lost in a dream state. And everyone's like, um. And then he's like, well, pardon me for seeing the glass half full. So great. So, so great. Yeah, Giles really Giles really gets into it this episode. It's like Giles just realized that the series gets to continue. And he's like, yes, <laughs> I get to do so many things. Uh, so, yeah, he's all sorts of excited. And um, uh, not to mention our team here gets a name. They name themselves. They name themselves the Slayerettes. Oh, it's so nice. It is so nice. And they really, they really do some stuff in this episode. They really participate. They show, I mean, I, I'm going to get to some of Willow. There's a moment at the end that mm. Willow really gets me. But I think that they're, they're really starting to come into their own. I mean, we're only on, you know, episode three, but two in the mm-hmm. time span of things. And they're already kind of getting some feet underneath them. Yeah, yeah. In order to pick up the slack. And in this episode, they really have to because Buffy is taken out. Hell yes. But before we get to Buffy getting taken out, <laughs> can we talk about can we talk about the fact that I recognized Cordelia as her doll self before <laughs> her name was even spoken? Because I love you, Cordelia, so much. And I always am looking out for you. And before that witch was like... Blah, blah, Cordelia, plunk into the slime. You called it. I did call it. I was like, that's my Cordy. And oh, my word. Don't mess with her. <laughs> but oh boy, does she get messed with. She sure does. She sure does. She's so, okay, so this spell happens to her. She's banging around inside of the school, just not knowing where anything is. Oh. And then she, uh, I, I'm very upset about the part where she says, like, I don't want to drive. And the teacher is like, get in the car. Because, like, she yeah, tries. Yeah, messed up. Yeah. She's doing her best. 
So anyway, Cordelia goes blind and almost gets hit by a UPS truck. Yeah, was or, the UPS driver also suddenly struck blind, yeah, perhaps? Yeah, the, the unmarked brown truck driver. Right, we can't say for sure we don't know. company that was. Yeah, it could have been FedEx for all we know. Um, but yeah, the truck comes, ba- like, it's so far away from her. It comes barreling down the road at her. And just to say, um, I... I don't want anybody to think I've forgotten about looking for the moment of most sexual tension. Mm. I haven't um, forgotten it, and I almost gave it in the first moments to Amber and Buffy. Oh, in the f- putting out the fire with the old, the old torn down gym the banner, old wrapper in a banner trick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I thought that was you know there was a little there was something special. You're okay. Yeah, yeah, there uh-huh. was something special there. But then, lo and behold. Buffy leaps out, grabs Cordelia, and they they tumble together and mm, just to, to safety. In, yeah, to safety, to breathless safety oh, wow. in each other's arms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they won. They win. <laughs> I named them. They win again. They win again. Yeah, this is two out of three for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's so. Oh, but hey, Cordelia goes blind. Like her eyes are not showing in her head. Correct. And then we cut away, and we never hear about her. And like she, she, nobody ever says like, "Well, Cordelia was taken to the hospital." <laughs> well, Cordelia is with her family. Well, yeah, it's just like, oh, we should get Buffy a glass of water because <laughs> yeah. she's really freaked out. <laughs> but so, she can still see with her eyeballs. I know. So, so Cordelia, who knows where she goes at, from the time, from her blindness to when the spells are undone? We don't yeah. know. What happens to her or the girl who's... Oh, my gosh, with no mouth. The girl whose entire mouth is covered. That's a freaky visual effect. Yeah, more, much more disturbing than blindness. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. 
And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. But but like way to go everybody making that concoction to spill to spill on the witch. Oh. In science class yeah. with the eye of newt. Yeah. Listen. Yeah, I'm listening. Can I tell you something? Please. Buffy has a troll pen. <laughs> Buffy has a troll pen. Buffy has a pen with a little troll doll on top of it. Its hair is sticking up and she's twirling its hair around when she goes to very unsmoothly <laughs> grab some hair off of uh, Amy's hairbrush. Yeah. It's very 90s of her. Did you ever, did you have any trolls in the 90s? I had a troll because I wanted to fit in, but... Um, <laughs> just one? <laughs> just so, just your badge? Minimum, of- bare minimum troll requirement, mm-hmm. but I always thought they were super weird. Yeah, they were pretty creepy. Yeah. I had one too, I think, mm-hmm. but my sister had, oh, <gasps> like a l- collection of trolls. So if a circumstance ever came to pass that brought all troll dolls to life Ooh. and they were evil, Oh, you would have been in a bad position. Oh, what a horrible... Did you think about that a lot? No, I just thought about it now. God, it's so awful. Yeah, we would have been... The Russo household would have been out. <laughs> too many trolls. Same with Beanie Babies if they ever came oh to my, life. Oh Allison dear. had way too many of oh those. Oh, dear. Anyway, the 90s. Let's take a step back to the locker room really quick. Yes, please. Oh, yes, please. There are towels, dirty, dirty towels everywhere. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. They're all over the benches. (laughs) They're all over the floor. We get a nice, clear view of them before. Before the beautiful, wonderful heart of my heart, Mm. Cordelia. This is... This is like quintessential Cordelia scene. It's quintessential scene where like the hair stand up on my arms because I'm so excited about her moment here where she is the worst. So mean. <laughs> she just, she just, can you write me a song about Cordelia is what I want to know. Like, I feel like my love for her is powerful enough. Can, can you? You want, you want like every time we start waxing poetic about Cordelia you want us to have a song to want, indicate that that's about to start happening I want it more than anything I think that I can do that for yes! you yes okay by next episode all right so so episode four you heard it here first folks there will be there will be a Cordelia loves Kristen song or Kristen loves Cordelia yeah I mean let's not assume we'll wait we're just gonna feelings. take her a couple seasons to love me back but yes. that's fine um yeah so Cordelia has her her mean girl moment here which they of course set up I mean I think they set this up because you have a moment you know like a Scooby-Doo episode <laughs> where you think everybody's the witch so you're like oh maybe Cordelia we've only known her for two episodes maybe oh, she's yeah. got something up her sleeve here but no, she's just a mean girl. That's fine. Mm. 
Can we talk about how Willow chews a fucking pen? Oh, but also like it's so <laughs> gross to think about, but also how much did you chew a pen in high school? Yeah, but see, that's what I think is that I don't think that Willow or who, what's the actress's name? Who Allison plays? Hannigan. Allison Hannigan. I don't think Allison Hannigan ever chewed a pen in her life. Oh, you're saying like it's not believable no, pen chewing? No, I am going to do my best to get us a gif. And if I, if I can't get this up, can somebody please make a gif of this piece of this episode with her chewing on this pen? It is, she has like the whole pen in her mouth. <laughs> it's not a normal, like I chewed every Aww. pen always, but I just, you just chew the tip of the, but you don't put the whole pen in your mouth. Well, maybe you've got to really get, you're really working on it. You need to get it into your molars where you have the most mm. pressure. Maybe if you're like sitting to, I don't know. I just felt like it You was, weren't buying it. No, but I, I was buying it in terms of it making me very amused. <laughs> um, but I wasn't buying it as, as believable. Um, also, before we get too far past the moment in which Cordelia goes blind, did you, I didn't have driver's ed in high school. Oh, I did. Did your instructor not have a break in the car? Like you, well, here's the thing. Um, I remember always hearing about that. I can't precisely remember if they had their own break. They have to have their own break. But I remember this very specific instance where I like really scared him. Uh huh. And he, I don't like. I feel like he was scared enough that he would have gotten involved if he had his own break, and he didn't. No, I just think that. Let us know if you had driver's ed, if they didn't yes. have a break. It just make, doesn't make any sense. These people don't have licenses yet. You have to be able to stop the car in a situation where, for, for example, if a someone... witch casts a spell on them and they can't control the car right, themselves. Right, right, right. You have to be prepared for these things. Sudden and unexpected blindness. Yeah. So anyway, I was, I was shocked at that, but onwards and upwards. And then once Cordelia is blind and... Buffy is receiving a glass of water to help soothe her nerves. Yeah. Giles is so stoked. Again. He's so pumped. He, he can't just, he's get just over like, it. He's just like Sherlock Holmes. He's like, set it up and I'll try to knock it down. <laughs> I love a supernatural <laughs> mystery. Give me more. And then he's like, why would someone want to harm Cordelia and Willow? Precious, sweet Willow. Oh, right. It's like, maybe they met her. Aww. Which is like Willow's version of a burn about which she immediately repents and feels <laughs> terrible. It's so sweet. Also, uh, Sweet Willow, no big deal, but Sweet Willow takes that scalpel right out of Xander's hand to get oh. that eye of Newt out of there. Yeah, no problem. Uh, not an issue for, for the ladies. And no, like, no. Can I talk about the ladies in this episode? Please. For a second, because... Um, where I, I wrote down, I took notes on how many times Buffy uses very large words in this episode. Um, mm. Because I started, I, I started with matricide, that she says matricide instead sure. of like, I want to kill my mom. Um, and so then I was like writing them down because this show in a lot of ways, right? I, like I just said, Willow being like, I have it, Xander. I'll take the eye out of the frog. Um, or the, is the newt the same as a frog? Well, I think they're subbing a frog's eyes for... Oh, that's a... Newt. On the kitchen substitution chart. Yes, you can. yes. They're more or less equivalent. Okay. Um, but yeah, then, then later she comes home to Joyce and she says that school was a reverent joy. Later in that mm. same scene, she says the word platitudes. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the episode, she also, like, fills in for Joyce that what she probably means to be saying is inscrutable. So she's got, like, 
I mean, the thing is, is that Buffy's very smart. Mm -hmm. But what I love about this intelligence is that it's not just like Buffy's the smart girl. It's like Buffy is a cheerleader and she's also like she really wants to be a cheerleader and she's also very smart. She also slays vampires, sidebar. But like, you know, there's this combination of characteristics in women in this show that are really powerful. And you Mm. see it with Joyce, too, right? That Joyce is really Joyce isn't just like a mom. Which, P.S., I did air quotes because, like, nobody is just, just a, a mom. mom. Like, every, you, there's depth to character. And we see Joyce in the kitchen, this, like, uh, you know, unpacking her art exhibit stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. She's, like, running an art gallery. Yeah. Woman of the world. Doesn't even have time to be a mom, actually, in this episode. Hmm. <laughs> Joyce says, Joyce, what happened to Joyce? In this I don't episode? know. It's a rough parenting episode, but yeah. it's also a rough Daughtering episode. There's not a lot of <laughs> understanding passing between them until the very end of the episode. They're kind of like two ships in the night. They keep one of them is reaching right. out and the other one's not having it and back and forth throughout right. the episode. And that's, I mean, you know, to touch on the larger theme of the episode, we have we have Amy and her mom, mm-hmm. which is the major plot point here with, spoiler alert, body switch uh-huh, over uh-huh. here, um, because her mom wants to live her life. She wants her to be just like her, or worse, she wants to be her. <laughs> um, but then Joyce, we have a scene between Buffy and Joyce where Joyce is talking about how Buffy should join the yearbook staff. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce really does no idea that yearbook is for nerds. <laughs> yearbook is clearly for nerds, Joyce. Just kidding if anybody who's listening was on yearbook. I was on yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> then I stand by my comment. Yearbook's for nerds. Uh... Okay, so right. So Joyce wants her to join the yearbook staff. Uh, and Buffy says something as she leaves that's like, you know, I'm not you, okay? So like back off. I'm never going to be you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like a big thing in here as like parents and how they want their kids to be just like them. The pressure, Buffy says many times in this, she says to Giles, like maybe you don't understand the pressure of what it feels like to have to live up to the expectations that your parents set for you. Yeah. And because we're in fantasy world here, you know, we get to see this actually happen with this body switch right right as opposed to the normal parents living through their kids vicariously thing that we get to see in regular life right which just kills them slowly mm, instead, instead of, of all fast. <laughs> instead of all at once <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean i don't know i i and that's what i love about i mean you know talking about anything that's set in a fantasy space like this um not that i don't believe in vampires and witches i do of course, um, of course. That's the genre. It's just called fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you set something in a fantasy realm, you kind of don't have to mess with all this subtlety and nuance. You can just lay it out and really dig into these themes in fun ways that you can't do when you're not in fantasy land. So yeah. all the thumbs up for that. Absolutely. Right. Well, my notes fell away. They just fell right away. Um, I have so many of them. So many notes. So many notes. Do you have a note about Buffy's extreme doily pillowcase? I don't. I do not. It looks very uncomfortable <laughs> for sleeping. It is a extremely three dimensional pillowcase. Oh well, that's also very nineties of that pillowcase. Bumpy as fuck. Bumpy as fuck. Yeah, but but beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful and, uh, you know, and also lots of pillows, right? She doesn't just have one. No, 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 many pillows. So Buffy wakes up on that pillowcase and she's spell drunk. Oh, right. She's singing Macho Macho Man. 
She seems pretty wasted. She tells Joyce she's a vampire slayer. Yes. Because <laughs> she is very drunk. Uh-huh, uh-huh, On uh-huh. the spell that the witch has cast, which is going to kill her. Yeah, and she's so pumped because she's going to her first day as an actual on-the-squad cheerleader. And this is where I learn something about myself. <laughs> which is... Ugh. So they're rehearsing, and that whistle song is playing. That's like, and every lady is dancing in a synchronized fashion, and it makes me so uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. I was just sitting on the couch just next to you, but I was like so embarrassed interesting there's like way too much dramatic shoulder movement for the listener jenny is doing dramatic shoulder movements while talking about shoulder movements. well it's important (laughs) for you to know what i'm talking about yeah yeah and so i don't know what that means about me but like i that's your that's your kryptonite i I think If if anyone needs to beat you in battle they can just hit play on the yeah. Unsynchronized dancing women. Yeah, but I hope they choose not to. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, and Giles, like, to, to transition from cheerleading to Buffy being, cause, because in this scene where Buffy's cheerleading, all of a sudden she throws she throws a girl across the room. Oh, yeah. Because she doesn't know her own strength because <laughs> she's drunk. And we never hear about that girl. Hope she's all right. <laughs> um, but then immediately she sort of collapses right after this. Um, right, right, right. And, and Giles knows what's up because, uh, yeah. Before what? she collapses, before, though. Before she collapses, On though. their way to Giles. Yes. She oh, has yes. this fantastic moment where earlier in the episode, Xander has caused Willow pain by informing her that she's like one of the guys. Oh, and Xander. that breaks all of our hearts because nobody wants to see Willow get hurt. No. Uh Ooh, nobody wants to see Willow in danger. Nobody wants to see Willow's feelings get hurt. And Isn't that like, I feel like I've heard you talk about the fact that that was, that's an intentional like yes, thing yes. that Joss does. That's something that they play on heavily throughout the series. It's an, a, a guaranteed emotional payoff. Yeah, because right? everybody wants to protect Willow. So Xander tells her that she's one of the guys. And then in this scene, drunk Buffy right. says to Xander <laughs> that he's just like one of the girls yep and he's so bummed and i'm like ha yeah (laughs) you are not bummed i am the opposite of bummed yeah an eye for an eye i almost (laughs) oh what i wanted to say was an eye for an eye patriarchy but we already said our patriarchy only one patriarchy you'll have to bleep that out (laughs) (laughs) um cool right and so buffy's buffy is like really struggling here and Giles this like puts Giles because Giles is just gleeful as we've discussed through the through the rest of the episode mm-hmm. through the first part of this episode when everybody else is struggling but the minute that Buffy is in peril um he gets really protective he's no longer fucking with it no when they go to the the mother's house oh man he's so serious and he, so in charge what I wrote down you will shut up and listen to me Ooh, and now like so un-British from, coming right exactly coming from Giles yeah. he's very proper and, and takes great pains to keep himself 
self-composed. Yeah. Th- he's like throwing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He want, what, do you have something else to say? Oh, I just wanted to say right before that, mm. when we see them roll up to the Madison home, we saw Giles' car for the first time, and you may not know it yet, but you're going to see that car a bunch more times. Oh, I don't remember seeing it's it. It's just like a junky old beat up British jalopy type car. God, I can't wait till we start seeing Giles' coffee cup. Oh, the little green one? Yes. Yeah, love I that little love green. That I, want I want that, that cup yes. so bad. If, if CW.com or whatever sold that mug, I would buy I would buy a setup so fast. Right? Instead, they probably sell a black mug with text with that like, says Buffy. The logo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if anybody out there is like a, a production designer or prop sourcer or whatever, if anybody knows where I can find that green mug that Giles drinks out of and you let me know, I will do something very special for you. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Sounds but... like there's a green mug song in your future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a green mug song for a green mug, I say. <laughs> Most definitely. I'm not, I like, I got the chills with the body switch reveal while mm. watching it. I really did. I like, um, when she says Amy, you know, when Buffy says Amy, because by the way, Buffy is dying, but she's still on the case. She's like, she looks at the brownies and then she like hears Amy's sort of like stutter in speech as she tries to pretend to be the mother. Uh, mm-hmm. And the body switch is revealed. And I was like, oh, oh, um, this was, as you know, I haven't seen these episodes before, or at least I haven't seen them since 1997. So, mm-hmm. um, so I... I knew that something was up, but I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't understand. And so it was a reveal for me. And also, wow. And also this actress. Mm, Robin Riker. Robin Riker. She, she, amazing casting. She oh crushes. my God. She's amazing. Like, is she in things now and forever? Is she like a theater actor? She's phenomenal. She, especially because of the switch. Like she was great as um, like playing Amy in the mom's body. But then at the, when this body switch undoes itself and she goes from that to the witch. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It's very, like, very well executed. Amazing switch. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was, like, super into it um, and super into her. But also a note <laughs> that I made during this scene was there's so much chit-chat happening, like, you know, Amy, mom Amy, is having all this time to be like, and then when she would do this, bed. and I'm like, you guys, Buffy has, yeah, like, find the book! <laughs> like, get up and ask, ask the questions! Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was an odd pacing choice. Mm-hmm. Like, have that conversation in the car after you find the book! Right? But then, luckily, in that chit-chat, it is revealed that there's a room upstairs that mm-hmm. she keeps herself locked in. So they go up there. The cat is <laughs> jumps, <laughs> jumps out. Yeah. They get the book. They go to the school. And here we are. <sighs> and then at the school. <laughs> yes. So sad, Jenny. <laughs> Not sad. Just uncomfortable because, because the, the game again? is beginning and the cheerleaders are dancing. And I don't like it. <laughs> And I wish they would stop. And also, also, such a big deal was made about the the caliber of cheerleader required for this squad and the training. And we got to practice hard because the game is tonight. And then do you know what they were practicing for? <laughs> go Sunnydale, go. Go Sunnydale, go. Go Sunnydale, go. Six, seven, eight. Go Sunnydale, go. Go Sunnydale, go. Go Sunnydale, go. Six, seven, eight. Repeat. <laughs> they do. That is the thing that they needed to fine 
tune. Well, the, plus they're dancing. They're cheering. I mean, I mean I, yeah. Also, I just want... <laughs> I just want you to know that because you pointed that out to me during the the episode itself, uh, I did become more attuned to what they were saying. And I want to <laughs> let you know that not only do they do they do that, but then later on, as things are building and the mm. spells being cast, they cut back to the cheerleaders and they've stopped saying words altogether. They're just counting. Yes, <laughs> they're just, they're there is a segment where they're just <laughs> counting. They're just counting, y'all. But everyone's into it. Everybody's super into it. Um, I guess so. Yeah, and I, so, so then, right, there's a moment that happens here because this is a very frantic scene. You've got, you know, them all in the room trying to, to get this spell to unswitch the bodies and to undo everybody, undo Cordelia's blindness, wherever she is, by the way, right. not on the cheerleading team because she mm, doesn't have eyes. No. Um, and we are seeing the game and it's all very like loud and whatever. And then they start seeing each other's visions, the mom yes. and Amy. And the the witch realizes this and f- well, falls, first of all, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. off of the cheerleading pyramid, but then leaves the room. And here come the Slayerettes. Yay! Go Slayerettes, go. There's a cheer. <laughs> ha! Um, but th- this is like this really, um, I don't know, dichotomous. Is that a word? Oh. This is a moment that has a lot of dichotomy in it. Is that better? Duality? Du- well, it ha- oh, you can just say it has dichotomy. There is. I don't do know. You- There's a dichotomy between. Mm. Is that better for you? I think so. Live grammar check on air. <laughs> um, there's just this huge dichotomy between the way that the witch deals with Xander and then deals with Willow. Yeah. She, like, d- conjures all of this magic to grab Xander's neck without— and squeeze it. Squeeze it and throw him to the floor without touching him. And you're like, wow, look at this witch. She's so much magic. So much magic. And then she turns around and just, boom, Willow in the side <laughs> of the face, knocks her to the ground. Pretty great. Pretty great. Pretty great. And I think that, like, a lot of, you know, without getting too ahead of ourselves here, there's a, there's a lot of that in the demons and um, monsters of Sunnydale, right? They're not—they're never just one thing. No, no, they're, they're monstrous and they're human. Yeah. And those things mix together uh, to varied and delightful results. Yeah, and that was a delightful moment. Yes. Also, how about Willow's distraction technique? I could help you, you know, <laughs> with your witchcraft— I know this really good cauldron. <laughs> Pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that coming. I thought she was going to pretend to be, like, I thought she was going to be like, I could help you with your homework for science. Like, right, I didn't right, think right. she was going to reveal. <laughs> anyway, then down Willow goes. And then, you know, there's a lot to talk about in this scene. So I don't know how many, the conference, the witch confrontation scene. Mm. Um, because the witch is trying to hack down the door um, Giles is like plunging his body parts into liquid. To magic liquid. Magic liquid. I mean, Giles is. He's all in. He's all in. And, and like that, I think, is really important. And we'll see that develop more and more as the series goes on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Giles is just like this really paternal, <laughs> protective figure to Buffy and, and just cares about her. Way past just being her watcher. Um, Definitely, like, you know, just wants to take care of her and make sure she's safe. And Mm -hmm. he, like, puts, like, his jacket under her head in Mm. this scene. And, you know, he's really, he's putting himself, he's trying things. He says he's never done, he's never cast a a spell before. This Mm -hmm, is the first mm -hmm, time he's mm -hmm. doing it. And it isn't until, I feel, it's not until he needs it the most that it 
it is effective, right? Like the witch is in the room and she's mm. about to die and he screams. I don't remember the words that he screams, but he like, he's saying Release over, the unworthy. Oh, thank goodness for you and your attention to detail. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he says, he has said release the unworthy so many times mm-hmm. to no avail. And then, and then he really means it. And he really means it. And that's the thing about magic. You know, you got to really mean it. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> anyway. So. So here we are. Uh, bodies get switched back to their appropriate owner minds. No one, no one thinks about the fact that when the bodies oh switch God. back, that means Foresight. a witch will be in the room still. But I mean, there's a lot more important pressing things to think about, mm-hmm. like Buffy's going to die. So Right, I guess. But I do, I hope they just get, they take some notes on these incidents so that in the future, when they're doing a body switch, they know, hey, that still means the witch is here. We should probably have some way to deal with her. <laughs> I thought, by the way, that the witch was going to get beheaded. Yeah, I I think three episodes into the series might be a little early for a beheading, <laughs> at, given the time. I guess. You they, know? Like, they planted the seed, you know? Totally. And, you know, maybe we'll get to see some witches get beheaded later on in the series. But I, I feel like they couldn't go there quite yet. Interesting moments in the fight situation mm. i just want to say mm-hmm. has there ever been anything better than buffy the vampire slayer getting thrown into the periodic table of the elements nothing so better. great oh that was so good i want to get thrown into the periodic <laughs> table of the elements <laughs> okay i could like can i make a request for the song this week yes can you please include being thrown into the periodic table of elements in periodic your periodic s- table of the element that is so many syllables <laughs> i will I- try no, come on. I'll do my best. Okay. Yes, I'll make it happen. Yes. It deserves to be in there. It's a great, that's a great thing. <laughs> I like that moment too. And then just like in the gym with this, uh, when she knew that a flag was hanging behind her, mm. you know, Buffy knows that like she sees the mirror. Yeah. She does all the reasoning that needs to be done in the time that it takes for the witch to cast this horrible spell. Mm-hmm. Kicks the mirror down and blammo. Yeah, she's got total situational awareness, just like Archer. Uh, also, she has like, right, just like Archer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really does. She's on it. But she's so on it that she can even make jokes. Like... She's got time to quip. She does. She always has time to quip, that Buffy. She says, guess what? I feel better before she starts (laughs) fighting back. And you're like, hell yeah. You know, she's got all the time in the world. Buffy's like, whatever, and now you're going to die. So, Although I guess she didn't die, the witch. Okay, so, yeah. I shall look upon my enemy, and the dark place shall have her soul, saith the witch. Oh, my God. That is the spell that gets reflected back at the witch and what takes her away. So... Apparently, the dark place is the inside of a cheerleading trophy. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it's personalized. Yes. Like the place you least want to be trapped or like the, the most painful place for you to be trapped because like it's sort of like the symbol of her lost youth and her glory days. That yeah. is all she wants. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. I'm on board. And she has to like look out at high school mm, every day. Every single day. Without being able to participate in it. Mm-hmm. So I do think mm-hmm. that it is customized. 
Okay, so what have we not talked about in this episode? What's left? Uh, well, I mean, that's an open question. You know, we could we could do a six hour episode on every episode if we wanted to. <laughs> um, but there are there's just a couple things that I want to touch on that are small before we uh, before we wrap up. One is I mentioned there was a moment that Willow had that I really really loved as the Slayerette that she mm. is, and this is the moment. She, so she gets punched in the face by the witch mm-hmm. down. Like, and it's a punch. If you go back and you watch that punch, that's a, she really right hooks her <laughs> or something. That sounded really good. I don't know what you, how you call punches. But so she goes down, <laughs> and, and not that long later, in rushes Willow with a fucking baseball bat. Ready to tango. Ready to, ready to go again. And so, I mean, and so does Xander, too. I just... Mm-hmm. Willow, I was even more impressed with because she had just gotten slugged in the face. Yeah. And was like, I'm back ready for more. I'm I'm here. Where yeah, is yeah. Buffy? We need to make sure she's okay because we are the Slayerettes. Yeah. Which, Hella stick-to-itiveness. Stick yeah. So that was pretty my— great. Pretty great. That was the thing that I just wanted to touch on. And then, and then last but never least— Cordelia's back at the end. <laughs> and, and and my note was, Cordelia, what about your eyes? LOL, LOL, LOL. <laughs> There's just, she's like back on the team, right? Doesn't she yeah. say like she's back on the team? Yeah, yeah. So sorry oh. that Amy and, and Buffy are <laughs> off the team again. And like, there's no mention of the fact that she like crashed a car, went blind. Right. Well, there's a certain amount of ongoing denial required if you're going to be a resident. Of Sunnydale. Of Sunnydale, yeah. At the Hellmouth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just, Cordy, ready to go, ready to do her cheers again. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I really, I like this episode, I think. Um, you know, and, and Jenny and I have talked about this a little bit off screen. What do you call it when it's air. a podcast? Off air. Off air. I'm new to this podcast thing. <laughs> um, off air, um, we've talked a little bit about this episode because I feel, there, like, there are a lot of touchstones missing. We mentioned that at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have the bronze. We don't have angel. There's no vampires. Yeah. Um, for one. And so there's a different energy to this episode, I think, than than others. And so, um, you know, I felt a little bit like, ah, oh, what are we going to, how are we going to go into this one? What do we talk about? Uh, and how do we tackle mm-hmm. it? And I think, I mean, we'll have, I'm sure, more episodes like that that yeah. are sort of different in all these different little ways. But. But yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah. Super fun. So fun. Super fun. Um, super fun. What do you call that stuff in the cauldron? Uh, slime. Slime. Super stew. fun slime. Super fun doll stew. <laughs> super fun dried herbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got a we So got, much body switching. So yeah. And the body switching was pretty pretty serious. And now good. and now we know forever that that witch is I guess that witch just lives in Sunnydale High School. In the trophy case. In the trophy case. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Well, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I think that's everything. <laughs> I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and it's been my pleasure to serve you this evening. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And if you're listening to this not in the evening, it's been my pleasure to serve you at any time of day. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Kristen Nolene, which is so hard to spell. It is K-R-I-S-T-I-N. N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Or just at Everyone is Gay. And if you're looking to follow us as a duo in the Buffy form, you can follow us on Twitter at BufferingCast, or you can find us on Facebook at forward slash BufferingCast. Wow. Oh, my gosh. We can't wait to talk to you more next week. 
Uh, but between now and then, if you really miss us, it would be so swell if you could leave us a review on iTunes. That would help more people like you who like things like you do to find this podcast. <laughs> and we'll expand our world and build our community and be so beautiful. It's going to be great. Yeah. Can't wait for episode four. Me neither. Till then. week and I'm so excited I'd really like to lead some cheers but the competition is super tight and things are getting pretty weird spontaneous human combustion occurred much to Giles delight if Cordelia can't see her own face in the mirror what is the point of life in an Full of something green And whoever's doing magic Has it in for me Yeah, everybody knows that Amy's mom is a total Ahem, better watch out For that witch Watch out for that witch Better watch out for that witch Watch out for that witch Now I'm hella hexed And I'm feeling Soon I could be feeling dead Sometimes the only way forward's getting thrown into the periodic table of the elements I'll kick down a mirror reflecting her own spell right back in her witch face But she will remain forever and always trapped in a trophy case And I really can't get that I also want to be a cheerleader But everybody knows it's rude to perform a body switch You gotta watch out for that witch 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 Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.